Too many of us try to do our walk and try to do things on our own, and what we do is we don't allow ourselves to, to really grow in the things that God has in store for us. And the last thing we have is we have a special birthday today. <laughs> Immediately after service, we're going to have a little reception in the four-year area. It's pastor's birthday. And so you guys get a chance to love on him. We've got cupcakes for everyone. And feel free to stop by, hang out there. But uh, love on pastor a little bit today. I won't tell you his age, but he is my older brother. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm the youngest in the family. We'll just keep it that way, okay? So, but God's a good God, amen? amen. We serve a great big God. Well, you know, we're in, the, we're in a series called The Mystery of the Church. And we haven't gotten very far in the book of Ephesians. There's so much there to draw out of. So many nuggets that I think God wants us to take out of his scripture that we can apply to our life. And so in this series, we're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes as we begin through this series. We, we think, we see in Ephesians what God has in store for the church, and I'm talking big C church, what God has in store for our church. We're in a new season. You know, in the next few months, we're going to be relocating God has blessed us with the sale of this property and relocation to a new property. And so you know what? God wants us to go higher in our walk. Why? It's because he's got greater things in store for us. Yeah. And we also see what God has in store for you. How many of you know God doesn't, God's walk is not just about the church. It's not just about other people. It is about ourselves too and how God will take us. So there, as we've seen in, in Ephesians, there is a mystery in God's word. Song, or Proverbs tells us, it is the glory of God that conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So there's things that we have to go through in Scripture to kind of unearth the mysteries that God has for us in Scripture. And so that's one of the things that we're doing here as we go through Ephesians. God hides things in mystery for us to search out that we can dig in a little deeper. What we have to have the vision. How many of you know, I think as Christians, over the last few years with COVID and the situations we've seen politically, but also seen in our country, I think people have stopped dreaming of bigger things. We've allowed it to affect our vision. We've allowed it to affect what God wants and has in store for us because we're too busy with the things that the enemy is trying to chase after us. Vision is seeing things not yet done and declaring them until they become reality. And see, God has a promise for each one of us over our lives. Last week, I shared with you that, 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 that there was a mystery in God's will and that God's will is for us to learn to share the good news of the gospel through our lives to those around us that it will impact those around us. Well, today I want to look, about, look at the mystery of our journey. And we're, as we go through this, we're going to see how we can live this out and through the book of Ephesians. So we're going to start in verse 9. I know that's where I was last week, and we're moving ahead a little bit. But in verse 9, he says, He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. 
And as I talked about, said last week, God's good will or will for us is that we learn to allow our lives to be to convey the message of the gospel. That when God brings along situations and circumstances in our world that we're not kowtowing down because of those situations, but we're standing in face of them and we're walking out so those around us will see there's something different about us than those in the world. I quote, said last week, as I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. I think that needs to be our prayer for each one of us. See, so many people think to share the gospel is they have to get up and preach. They have to go in and witness door to door. And I've done that. And, you know, and we've had people, we have fruit of that in our church here today. But our greatest witness is our lives that we convey each and every day and how we walk them out. Verse 10 says, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. What I'm looking at today is that in verse 10, so we get to that point about when times reach their fulfillment. That is, that's bringing, that, that word fulfillment means to achieve something desired or promised. I think there's something that God has inside of us that he's promised us, he's given to us, that we desire to, con- to take, bring out, but we have to walk that out in our journey. We have to seek him out and search him out and I think with over the last few years, and, and we're not careful, we'll allow the enemy to come in, and he comes in to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes in to kill our dreams, our visions, and destroy those promises that God has for us. And we think in our minds that once we mess up or once we sin and, and people know about it, our dreams and our visions are gone, and that's a lie from the devil. Look at Peter, who right before Christ went to the cross, denied him three times. Saw, or he could have easily beaten himself up to the point he was no good, but we see in a few short weeks how he stood up in the city and preached the gospel and how he impacted those, that, that world at that time, how he touched the lives of those individuals at that time. Judas sinned before Christ, before he was crucified. And Judas chose the other way. He was so beaten up with what the enemy had for him that he took his own life. I always wondered, did you know that Christ would have been standing there even though he turned him over to the, to the council? Christ would have loved on him. Who would have known what, that, what his life could have done? but he cut it short because he allowed the enemy to rob him. So I'm here to tell you today and remind us, God wants us to go higher in our walk. God wants us to go higher in our, in our, in our, in our relationship with him. He wants us to lift up our expectations that we place upon him when we pray and we seek after him. He wants us to lift up our voices again in prayer. He wants us to lift up our, our vision again when we pray, ask for the Lord. I mean, you know, this season, as we're praying over a new building and where to go, we've put certain demands on God because we, want, we feel he has given us a path to walk them out. So we put those expectations on him. And you know what? God has honored them every step of the way. Amen. He has blown me away with his generosity and blown me away with the things. 
not to say that, that he's done. No, he's not. And there's coming a time when, when we're going to request and have you join with us and we want you to, to go to that new level, but we can't do that alone. Pastor can't do that alone. We have to want to go to a higher level in our walk. We have to lift ourselves up and to go higher. See, the enemy wants, and I think over these last few years, we've seen people in the church that have just gone low. The enemy came in and they just stopped attending church or they, they, they stopped being involved. Why? It's because the enemy was just confusing them. How many know the things that have gone on in 2020 were more about confusion and what the enemy was sowing into the world than it was about anything else? And in the midst of that confusion, so many people just kowtowed down. And those, they, those that were involved in the church and those that were, were seeking after him have, have gone by the wayside and they've allowed that being low in the Lord, low in his presence, to become something of comfort. That's where the enemy wants us at because there's no strength in that. God wants us to go higher. We have to fight back for, against the enemy. It's part about going higher. We have to regain our passion that we have with our first love with Christ to seek after him. Listen to what Isaiah says here. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He's saying we have to go higher. Why? Because so many of us think the thoughts that we have, there's, and, and, and please don't take offense to this, but we're human. Our thoughts are carnal unless we submit them over to him. We, we stay low unless we push ourselves to a new realm and push ourselves up higher. He goes on to say, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. God is inviting us to a higher place. He's asking us to step up and to push ourselves and to go to that next level. And it takes work, church. It's not something we can accomplish in one sitting. It's not something we can accomplish. It has to be a byproduct of our life. I was listening to a football coach this week, and I know that shocks most of you, but, but the coach was talking about how he, he doesn't allow people to play in the game or start in the game unless they practice really well. And the purpose of that is because he wants them so stressed out and so maxed out in practice that he knows when, when, those, when bad things happen in the midst of the game, and they will, that they'll know how to respond, and he'll know how they'll respond so he can trust them. But in our lives, when, when, when we go low, then we're, what we're just doing is kowtowing down. We're not, we're not preparing ourselves in practice. We're not pushing ourselves in higher level. God's watching what we do. But we go through those seasons where, where we're pushing ourselves higher, and yes, there'll be trials. There'll be, there'll be areas of temptation, and God watching that so he knows how we respond. I think he knows how we respond before him, but he wants to see that come out in us. And so many of us, what we do is we give up. In fact, it's just too hard. It's just too difficult. And, we, and what we do is we give up on the journey and we give up on the things that God has for us. Some of you have probably asked God for things and he hasn't responded in prayer. And you get frustrated. I've been there. Anyone else? 
And when he, when, and what I've seen in Scripture, what I've seen in his word, is that we, as we go higher, we begin to see different things on a different level, on a different platitude, that we can see things clearer with the Lord. The best way I can describe this is God wants us to have all these, these great gifts he's got in store for us. But he can't trust us with it because of one, our, our lack of our maturity and the lack of our inconsistency and maybe the lack of our integrity that we don't allow ourselves to, to keep pushing through and to keep going on and doing what he's called us to do. Best way I can explain that is when pastor's youngest son comes over and his wife comes in, they have two little, little ones. She used to come in with the baby and and she'd walk around the house and everything on the lower side of the house, everything was going up. Why? It's because that baby was reaching for it. He never understood that the toys he had, it wasn't the same as that glass vase that was on there that you know, was a couple hundred dollars. And so she'd get it out of the way so there wasn't any uh-oh moments. But as he's grown and he's matured, he's learned how to handle those situations so we don't run through. I think that's the same way with us. God doesn't answer our prayers and, and send everything immediately to us because I don't think he thinks we can handle those situations because we haven't proven we can do it. We still lack the spiritual immaturity. We still lack the integrity that he wants out of us to be able to walk that through. So we're going to look at a, in, in Genesis chapter 22 today. And we're going to look at a passage that I think kind of explains us a little bit better. This is the story of Abraham and Isaac. And if you want to just follow along, you can. But it's funny how this immediately starts out in, 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 chapter, in verse 1 there. It said, Abraham was tested. How many of you ever felt when you're going through a test that you feel like you've done something wrong to God? How many of you ever felt that when you're tested, there is something wrong with you and you can't figure out why you're being tested? And I think it's the wrong way to look at it. See, I think our testing comes because of our byproduct or our walk with God. See, I think there's certain levels that we have in our walk with God, and God wants us to go higher and go up further. And what we do is we haven't proven ourselves on the lower test. so he can't answer those prayers because we just really couldn't handle them. So many of us are praying for, for breakthrough, but we have issues in our marriage or we have issues in our life that we're not willing to submit to him, but we want to get up to this level with those answers of prayers, but we still haven't dealt with the ones down here. And he's telling us that we have to deal with them. See, testing is not a form of punishment. I really think it's a form of promotion and how we want to look at it. See, when you're going through a test, I really think God's watching after you because he, he he's ready to promote you. Look at Peter. Peter failed his test. We all know that. It's written out there for everyone to be, and he's embarrassed by it. But he came back, and he succeeded, and God promoted him to the point that when he died, he hung upside down on a cross because he'd ever felt himself worthy to die in the same manner as our Lord. It's a promotion instead of a testing. I mean, instead of being, being um, punishment. 
See, I think it's wrong theology when people want to share that with us, that we're in those seasons of testing that something must be wrong. Every scripture, every great man and woman of faith that I've read through Genesis to Revelation were tested. Job, (laughs) he had the ultimate test. And yet God promoted him as he walked through that journey. See, I think that those testing was, you know, when go back and remember when you first got your driver's license? I'll never forget. I could not wait. When I was 14, I start, my dad started teaching me how to drive. By the time I got 15, I had me restricted so I could drive with someone in the house. But man, that day when I hit 16, pastor took me to uh, get my driver's license but his car failed um, the inspection, so we had, to, we had to call Pastor Carol to come get it. But I, I was so excited. See, that person that was testing me from the state was not trying to punish me. He was testing me so he, that he knew I'd be worthy to hold the keys. He knew I'd be worthy behind that car that I wouldn't be out there trying to cause damage. And so when I passed that test, it was on to the next level not a form of punishment testing is that promotion he promoted me and told me that i i now am trustworthy to handle those keys my parents didn't think so but i was <laughs> and he did so i think there's three steps i want to look at in this in this passage with with um abraham and isaac he, how he led Abraham through the step of elevation, which led him to the step of preparation, which led him to the step of revelation. And it's each one of those steps needed to build on each other so that they could begin to, to see what God has in store for Abraham and Isaac. Step one is that, that step of elevation. Listen to what he says here in verse 22, verse 1. It says, Sometimes later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, Here am I, he replied. God's calling out to us, church. Even in the midst and the beginning of our testing, he's calling out. We don't hear him because we're not preparing ourselves to hear his voice. Robert Morris wrote a book years ago called Frequency. It's about dialing in the frequency of our walk with God that we can hear when he speaks to us. God's constantly speaking to us. We choose to to do it, turn a deaf ear or, or turn down that frequency. But Abraham was ready that day. He said, here I am, Lord. I'm present. I'm with you. I'm here for you. He goes on in verse 2. It says, then take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moran. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, and I will show you. You know, there's always sacrifice when, when we have to go higher. The elevation God wants us to go to in life is not about accumulation, but it's about consecration. Too many of us think that God wants us to accumulate things. And I've been through that season. And we, we ask for this, and we want this, and God to provide this, but we're, we fail to sacrifice ourselves before him. And to have that sacrifice that he can see. Now, I find it interesting in this passage, he, he, tells, I, he tells Abraham to go take his son, your only son. How many of you know, if you've read Genesis, Abraham had another son? Okay? That was Ishmael. 
Isaac became the father of Israel. Ishmael became the father of, of Islam. And what we've seen is those two brothers have been at each other from day one. Both of them had a covenant with God. God promised them, Ishmael, that he would be the father of many nations. And he honored that covenant. But he also made a promise to, to Abraham. And I, th I think it's interesting that he says your only son, because that was the promised son. Yes. What the issue is, is, how many of you have God has promised you something, but we try to manipulate and we try to work out and we try to do everything we can to get that promise the way we want it instead of the way that God wants it. And what we see with Abraham and Sarah is they came up with a plan. They were just not patient enough and they were not, had the integrity enough to wait on God. So they decided to create their own plan. And when they created their own plan, it is called heartache and, and destruction for generation after generation and century after century. Why? Because they created their own issue. issue. And God's trying to rectify that. See, God has given each one of us a unique promise. The promise of Isaac was a very unique. He made a promise to Abraham and, I, and Sarah in their 90s, which is kind of funny, and, but in their 90s that they could have a child. Why did they wait all these years? Think about that. They were in their 90s. God made a promise. And then when they're in their 90s, they can come up with a concoction to be able to have another child outside of the promise from God which they could have done all along. So they, they went out and they did their own thing. They produced out of their own strength, not out of God's strength. They were striving to create something that God wasn't involved in. How many of you have been there with your, with, with your own search for your promises and the things God has for you? He's saying here to Abraham, I'm asking for your unique gift I gave you to lay down. See, I think it's a way of God looking at us. He's given us all gifts. He's given us all talents that we have, and we use them for his glory. But I think here he is looking at Abraham and said, is that unique talent I've given you, is that, is that where your, your love is and your adoration is for him, or is it really truly on me? Do you serve him more, or do you serve me? Who do you worship more? Even our promises that we receive from God, sometimes we put them on a higher level than they should be because they're, they're, they're from God. But that's not what God wants. He wants himself on the higher level. It's not the promise that we glorify. It is Christ that we glorify. And through that, he, the blessings come forth. Say, so saying, it's not about you, Abraham. I want you to lay this down. And I think there's things in our lives that God's asking each one of us to lay down. He's looking to us, those promises that he's made to us. We've had, well, all of us can go through and we've had goals and we've had dreams and we felt God has touched them and anointed them and we're carrying them out. Yet when we put them on this level and God is saying, I want you to sacrifice that. I want it just to be you and I. The byproduct of our relationship is those blessings and those promises that I've given to you. He wants us to take us to a new level. He wants us to take our elevation up higher. 
Because when we get up higher, we can see things with a lot more clarity than we can when we're in the midst of the, of the woods. So which leads us, and the second step is our step of preparation. Listen here in verse 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He's preparing for that journey. He took up two servants with him and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So he did the things and prepared the things that he needed to be able to go and meet God. This was between he and the Lord. He prepared him. He only took two servants. He could have took 20. He took, took 15. So I think it tells us that when we have to go meet God, it needs to be just us. We can take a couple, but you know what? When we go that higher level, not everyone that's with us will be willing to go to that next step. And we have to be willing to let that side and make that that sacrifice. Because if we're not willing to make that sacrifice, those individuals that are with us and those people that have come along on our journey are going to keep you from reaching the level that God has for you and where he wants you to go. And he wants you to go to higher places, higher realms. See, I think if this was in today's times, Abraham's going to leave. He got on Facebook or got on social media or Twitter somewhere and said, hey, guys, I'm going to meet up with God. Who wants to come along with me? Who, should I go? Should I not go? Like, do we really want to, to really solicit the responses of everyone out there? You know, we, I think some of the problems we have and the confusion we have is that everyone thinks they need to have an input and an opinion in our lives. And we, what we do is we lock out God's opinion and what God's trying to hear because we want those that have human wisdom that is limited and is fallible and their, their motives are built on their motives, which is, which is greed and, and other things that, that God has laid out. But God's motives are pure. He wants us to go to that higher level but yet we have those around us that we trust and we want their wisdom, and yet their walk may be not what God wants in their walk. I'm very careful who I, I have in my counsel. I have a few people that I trust and I pray with only from the standpoint as I've watched them in their lives. I've watched how God, how they've dealt with trials. I've watched them and how God has led them and every step of the way, how they've given God the glory. Those are individuals that we need to get the wisdom of. We don't need to go around and ask other people, co-workers, and those people, you know, they're part of a life unless they're part of that inner circle. Why? It's because their wisdom is going to be fallible. And I think sometimes the reason we do that is we want to bring delay along the journey that God has for us. Maybe we're not ready to go to that higher level. And what we do is we bring other people in, we get their opinion, and what we do is we have, and everyone has an opinion, okay? Am I right? <laughs> Ask them, they'll tell you. But we want that opinion, and what that does is we get multiple opinions on this, and then all of a sudden we're having to mark down, okay, I've got five, four, five against, what do I do? I'll go out and get more opinions 
and through the whole process, what we're doing is we're just causing more delay. But the true matter, the whole fact is God wants us to go up higher. He's ready for us to elevate ourselves onto the mountaintop. We just don't want to go because we're not willing to sacrifice. We're not willing to prepare for that sacrifice. And we don't prepare for that sacrifice. We'll never do and accomplish the things God's got for us. And where we're going, not a lot of people will go. I don't say that out of, out of pride. I say that because we are a royal nation, the word of God tells us. We're a holy generation. We're a holy priesthood. And by doing that, means we, we're held to a higher standard. That's what he said in the first, that first passage in Isaiah. And we have to be willing to go to that next level. So Abraham had prepared himself. He chopped the wood. He had prepared to have that hard conversation with Isaac. And when he gets to the mountain, listen to what he says to his servants. He says, he said to the servants, stay here with the donkey. And, I'll, and I and the boy will go over there where we will worship and then we will come back to you. I find that interesting because God had offered him, told him to go up and offer Isaac as a sacrifice. How many of you understand that when we worship God, that is a sacrifice, that is the ultimate sacrifice? Some people do not understand what worship is about. It is about the fight that we have in the heavenlies, and it is not something for the faint of heart. It is something for those that want to go higher. They want to go, and they want to stand in the gap there. And what, what Abraham was telling us, you guys stay here. I don't think you can handle it, but we're going up. We're going to worship before the Lord, and when we come back, we'll come back and we'll see you. Worship in God's presence is a fight. There's a war going on in the heavenlies. And our worship helps us break through. Our worship helps us press on and to go higher and to go to deeper levels where the Holy Spirit begins to move on our lives and begins to touch us in ways that we've never seen before. So Abraham realized that when he climbed that mountain, he had to leave things behind. He had to have that hard conversation with, with Isaac. You know, some of us think that or so many people think that Isaac was just a little boy. A lot of theologians think that he was in his early teens, maybe in his 20s at that point. So you got to figure on that journey. Isaac's going, okay, Dad, we got the wood. You got the knife. Where's that lamb for the sacrifice? You know, you never saw in that portion of Scripture where it said Abraham had the lamb. Why? Because he knew what God was going to provide. His, he, had, he was going higher. He knew what the Lord, what the Lord was going to do. He understood, but he also realized, too, he had to sacrifice. He had to walk through this. And he had to say, okay, Lord, I might not like this. I won't have to lay down Isaac for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this because I honor you. When we come into worship before the Lord... We come in and we lay our things down on the altar. We lay down our, our purpose and we lay down those promises that God has for us. Why? 
Because if not, we're too busy dealing with, the, the enemy wants us too busy dealing with the things that we're having to fight instead of coming into the heavenlies and learning to stand together as a body of believers in his presence, allowing the Holy Spirit to move through and allow him to allow ourselves to push higher in our walk. He was preparing Abraham that whole time and Isaac, might I say. Because Isaac was, was seeing this modeled by his father. See, last week I talked about the fact that we model Christ in our life with the way we handle circumstances. Abraham is picking up on that, and he's modeling to his son the way he's supposed to carry out your walk with God. And when he climbed up, he got a higher perspective. And I think he could see with greater clarity what God was trying to do. If I can have the worship team come on up. So we've seen that step of elevation lead us to that step of preparation. And in the end, it takes us to that step of revelation. Listen to what he says here in Genesis. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife. He was going all the way. He had tied his son down. He had held him down. And he was there to offer the sacrifice. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here he, and he goes, here I am, Lord. I want you to grasp something real quick, like at the beginning of this ask and the beginning of this, this portion of scripture, we have God that comes to Abraham and, tell, and asks Abraham, Abraham says, I'm here, Lord, and he tells him what to do. Not one point do we see in that passage where God was stepping every step of the way, going, you can do it, Abraham. Yes, you can get up there. You can go through this. You can do it. Too many of us want cheerleaders along our pathway, and sometimes it's that moment of silence, but the only time that God spoke to Abraham again was when he said to him in that second conversation there in verse 11 when he called out to him, and sometimes we don't have God's voice with us every step of the way, but we have his presence with us. We know what he's told us and we know what he's promised and we have to keep on that journey. That's why is that we push ourselves higher and we go up that elevation. We can see things with greater clarity. That when we take people along with us on our journey and they begin to distract us, it gets us off the focus that God had for us and what happens is we, 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 get, we get dissuaded and we get confused and we begin to question what God has for us. Abraham was focused. I actually think God knew that. He was focused on what to do. Later in his passage, he calls him. He had, Abraham had a heart for God. And he followed after God. Didn't say he was perfect. But he had a heart for God. God said nothing in those times. But Abraham was obedient every step of the way. He goes on in verse 12. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. He's telling him in the midst of our sacrifice, not withheld, you've not withheld that promise that I've given you, not withheld that, that, that promise that I've given for you that you're holding on to. There are times that we even have to sacrifice those before the Lord. 
Verse 13 says, And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, listen to this, Lord will provide. He called it Jehovah Jireh because his, his elevation led him to his preparation. His preparation brought him to a place of revelation. He realized along that journey, along that, that, that the mystery of that journey there, that God was going to be his provider, was going to provide. And at that moment, God provided for him. See, Abraham couldn't see that maybe at the bottom, but he had to go higher in his walk. He had to go higher in his relationship. Why? It's because that elevation got him to see the preparation that he needed to do that got him to the revelation. So we won't have that revelation if we don't allow ourselves to go higher up. See, church, I, there's a revelation that we take from this passage. God is our provider. He is our, he is our healer. And he makes a way where there is no other way. We saw that in this passage of Scripture. We need to understand that in our journey. Why? It's because God is calling us to go on that journey, the journey up and go higher in our walk. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord. If you're here this morning and If you're here this morning and maybe God's leading you through one of those moments of testing right now, maybe you haven't understood it, but this brings some clarity to your walk and clarity to where you're at. And you just say, Pastor, would you just keep me in your prayers? Because I, I want to get to that point where I begin to elevate my walk so that I, then I want to prepare myself so that I can get up there and I can see that revelation that God has for me. If that's where you're at today, I want to encourage you to...